Mic check, one, two, one, two. Back again with another one with my good friend Kevin here, my brother. What's up? How you doing, man? I'm glad to be here. I'm super stoked. I hope you're happy, healthy. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm a little cold, but I'm good. <laughs> winter, winter is coming. So. <laughs> right. Okay. So I guess I want to start off with a question that I, I hear you're getting a lot as well. Box squats. Why are you doing so much of them? Yeah. Everybody's very curious about box squats, man. Everyone... Did I did a poll and an IGTV video on it not too long ago? So if you're curious, if, if there's something I forget to cover, I definitely covered it there for sure. Um, but uh, box, I just think it's a superior way to train the squat for athletes, right? A lot of the people that hit me up about it are powerlifters. Um, but if we're talking powerlifting or strength sports, and we're talking something different from training athletes, I think yeah. I'm trying to get the most bang for my buck with every rep that we do in the squat, and I think box squats are the way we do that. Um, for a number of reasons. Basic, the, the, the easiest answer is that if you're going to squat, and the, as the weights get heavier, especially with younger athletes, but just any person in general, the weight, yeah. the, the depth is going to get cut higher and higher each time, right? So if you're squatting to a box, if you do 10,000 repetitions to the right box depth, the right set depth set at the box, uh, you're going to hit depth 10,000 times, right? So it's you, you know that you're getting to where you need to get to in the squat. Um, beyond that, we have, you know, your static overcome by dynamic and relaxed overcome by dynamic phases that occur because when you sit on the box, your hips relax and then you have to contract to come off the box again. Um, and we know that that, that relaxed overcome by dynamic phase that builds our, our explosive strength and our running, um, our, our strength for running, I should say, because running is just relaxed overcome by dynamic contractions all the time, right? That's how people are explosive. You can't have a tight muscle be explosive. It can't happen at the same time. You have to relax and then contract, um. And then the static overcome dynamic phases will help build absolute strength. Um, so we get all the, those two benefits that you wouldn't see uh, if there wasn't a box to sit onto to have your hips relax. Um, if you sit far enough back, you're actually you're doing a little bit of a leg curl to get off the box. You're going to pull your heels through the ground and activate your hamstrings more. Uh, so we're strengthening the posterior chain a little bit more. Um, what else? What other reasons are there? There's so many. <laughs> right? There's 10,000 reasons to do a, a box squat over a free squat. Uh, the stretch reflex lasts longer when you are when you sit to a box, so you can sit in the bottom of the squat longer. Um, I think I've, off the top of my head, I think it was like something like two seconds uh, for free squats that the stretch reflex would last, but something like eight seconds on the box. Okay. Well. So that's great for like if you're training, you know, offensive or defensive linemen, you know, with with the long snap count kind of thing, you can have them sit on the box for longer uh, and get up just as fast as they would uh, if it were a, if it were a, just a regular tempoed squat kind of thing. Um, less stress on the knees because you sit back onto the box, your knees aren't drifting out over the toes as much. Not that that's the end of the world when it happens in the squat. Uh, it kind of is going to depend on your stance and, and your biomechanics and your build. Um, but generally, the further back we can sit onto a box, the less stress we're going to place on the knees. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, like I said, it's just the more optimal way to to train an athlete, right? We're getting more out of each rep than if we were just free squat, I think. Okay, yeah. Um, so you were saying that uh, as you get heavier, you need, you start to compensate by... Uh, cutting your depth, yeah, yeah, so you, you find that so even if you so if you're always hitting the box, you're always hitting depth. So even yeah. if that box is you know uh, 12 inches instead of 13, you're hitting that depth. Yeah. So do you have to change it depending on athlete's height, or if you hit a box at 12, you just go with 12, or are you changing it every time? So it depends. It, it depends how strict you want to be about it. I think like if you're powerlifting, if like powerlifting is the only the quote unquote sport 
where the depth of the squat matters. Do you know what I mean? Like it has to be to this depth. Everyone has to go to this point. Yep. Um, when we're talking squatting for athletics, like what is what are we trying to build with the squat? You know, are we trying to build, you know, sprinting speed and then high end speed? Well, then it's probably going to be a really high like quarter squat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, are we trying to build a lot of a lot of hips and a lot of glutes? Then it's probably going to be a wide stance squat that is you know to parallel. Um, it's it depends on what the goal of the squat is. So to just talk depth is is I think that's something that we get caught up in the world of powerlifting, but doesn't necessarily apply to the world of athletes. So um, if you want to be really strict about it, you can you know adjust the box every set for every athlete. You know you can have five, four or five people squatting together and adjust the box for each athlete. I just kind of find the box that's close to parallel for everyone. Yeah. You know, for some people it's a little low, for some people it's a little high. Fucking tough shit, get over it. Yeah. You know, like I think let's get this work done instead of being lost in minutia details like that. Okay, okay. You know awesome. what I mean? Um, I guess my other question would be that comes along with that is you were talking about, um, I'm going to be the wrong one, but you're talking about athletes who stay in a stance a long time. Yeah. Like that, that is talked about when we talk about sprinters a lot. Like if they hang out in that box too long, yeah. they can lose their strength. So mm-hmm. you actually, with a box got, can extend that period of time. Yeah. You can, the stretch reflex will last longer. Uh, in the muscle, so they they tested at Westside. Louis had, I believe it was seven or eight hundred pounds on his back, and he he did a, a free squat. Was able to stay at the bottom for two seconds and come back up with the with the same velocity as a regular tempo squat, where you just go down and come up. Uh, if he stayed in the bottom for more than two seconds, then the bar speed started to to, to decrease. Uh, so they found that the stretch reflex had essentially ended at that point. Like you were the you weren't able to control or hold that power any longer. It started to dissipate. Gotcha. Whereas sitting on a box with that same weight. Louis could sit for up to eight seconds and come up at the same speed as if he were just squatting to the oh. box kind of thing, you know, at a, at a normal tempo. Um, so, yeah, we know that the stretch reflex will last longer uh, on the box and you're able to be tight and, and explode out at that same velocity um, after a much, much longer pause, which is beneficial for, like, football training, long snap counts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like you said, sprinters, you know, whatever. It, it, it'll translate to probably probably any sport. It's just the the – What's the word? The frequency with which you utilize that pause on the box is gonna is gonna change from sport to sport. You know? Okay, okay, got you. And I guess one thing I should t- touch on too, like let's go back to the depth for a second. Just talking about depth. Um, when you squat to a box, anytime you you have that relaxed overcome by dynamic and static overcome by dynamic phase, um, in that isometric phase, you're gonna build strength 15 degrees in each direction, eccentrically and concentrically, right? So yep. if an athlete is squatting to a box that's an inch above or an inch below parallel for them. It's not a big deal because they're still building strength through whatever range we're trying to get. You know, you don't have to be exactly perfectly right at the exact spot because the strength is going to build 15 degrees in each direction. Okay, right? okay, okay. Wow, awesome. So I guess that kind of clears it up. I guess I wanted to slide over now to uh, coaching, which is a little different. But coaching not just kids, which you do, yeah. but coaching your own child. Your own kid, yeah. We've had... We have experience with this, yeah, not, not yeah. with our not own the kids, best but we've, we've seen fathers try to do this. Um, yeah, it's it's tough, and I know like on this podcast, we pretty much only talk training, but we have spent, I mean, I think I've spent 12 years now coaching, uh, you know, with between being a football and O-line coach many, many years ago, and then a, a strength coach, but working with football teams. Yes. Um, and you were coaching before that, you were coaching when I was playing. Oh, man, I coached. I coached uh, basically from when I graduated uh, Bantam, which is uh, grade nine, 
Um, I'm grade 10. I waited a year and then I yeah. came back because I thought I'd have a little bit more under my belt yeah. to help out. And you'd so, always come back one level. Yeah, exactly. I'd always take that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, you know, to help out like a junior. Yeah. I'd always do like, you know, one level below. So when I was in uh, junior football in the CJFL, uh, I was coach. I helped coach out with high school. Yeah. When I would, when I went to university, same thing. We helped out with a whole bunch of community. So it's like I've been coaching for what seems like forever, even though yeah. I've I was still playing. Yeah, and yeah. So we got a lot of a lot of experience coaching, and in that time, we've seen a lot of people try to coach their own kids, and it's it's a tough thing to do, man. It it is not easy. Yeah, it, I mean, I found that when I saw coaches. Uh, that have their own kid, they they handle it in different ways, but it seemed like it always came back to the same result. Yeah. Um, maybe you know, obviously, uh, the long term result being a little bit different, but it comes down to uh, they started coaching only their own kid. Yeah. Like we get to a sideline, we get to a game. They're fine when we're in practice because practice, you know, their D line coach, they're with the D line with their, you know. They're an O-line coach or with the O-line. Yeah. So they're separated from their kid. Maybe they're a receiver. Maybe they're you know a fullback, right? They're yeah. a little more athletic than their parent was. And then all of a sudden, it gets to the game where we're all on the same sideline. Their kid comes off the field, and they go and find their kid. Start coaching them up. And start coaching them up. And I don't think they're doing the good that they imagine themselves to be doing. Yeah, I, I see it all the time, and I think... I don't know how they don't see it in the moment. Maybe it's it's just like a, a blindness that parents have. I don't know, but like I can see the performance anxiety growing on the kid's face. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there's some kids can respond to being coached by their parents, you know, like like Mark Corday who's been at the Gorilla Compound a few times. Like both yes. him and and uh, Craig were both, you know, coached really good at being yeah. coached by their dad. Yeah. You know, it helped that Brent was a really good co is a really good coach. Um, that helps things, but like they, they took advice from their dad. Great. And, and their dad did a great job of keeping them as part of the team, not just his kids. Yeah, it was you know very I mean? objective. I mean, I think that was the only success I've yeah, seen. That's one of the few examples of yeah. dad successfully coaching his kids that I've ever seen. Yeah. Cause what happens, like you said, they become overbearing and I find it's, it's always one of two ways. Either they give their kid everything that they want without their kid having to earn it, or they're like super extra hard on their kid because it's their kid. Yeah. And either way, the fucking the the outcome is a disaster. Exactly. Every time, like, right? If you're overbearing, the kid sees it and he's like, "Okay, either I'm doing something wrong," and they're on they they start to waver in their confidence. You yeah. know, my bad dropping pen. Don't worry, we got but, a jar full of them. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we've seen the kids, you know, go from a really good athlete in practice, doing all the right things, to in a game, uh, trying to do too much because they come to the sideline. And yeah. the dad's like, oh, are you okay? It's a performance you report know? card every time you Ex come off the field. Exactly. Yeah. He comes over and he says, good job. And then one time he doesn't say good job. So did he not do a good job this time? Why didn't I get the same... Yeah. response so they start doing different things and then we're talking to them about doing the wrong things and now they're thinking they're doing the wrong thing in front of their dad and then yeah. this spiral starts to happen so i mean it, i mean everything from even kids quitting really early by way of their parents influence yeah so i don't know like what, is there a like right a, way to do it yeah it seems like a toxic thing i don't know i can't 
I don't even have a kid, so I can't claim to know anything about it. You're you've had a kid for eight months, nine months now. Exactly. But even that, like, there's no way to tell if is it possible to co. I mean, it is. It is possible because, like we said, Brent did it right. Yeah. Um, it it is possible, but it's probably a lot more work to do it that way. But I I think like if I'm gonna be a father, I think it's worth it to do that extra work because I see the quality of coach. You know, like if you like think of the average coach that you know. And then realize that half the coaches out there are worse than that. You know, yeah, you know what exactly, I mean. Like, right? so for me, I want my kid to have a great experience. Like, I'm I'm totally open to my kid having influences from other people. You, they should. That's how they grow as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we're gonna protect him from some of these people. You know, exactly. Some of some of these coaches out there. Well, yeah, but, and uh, I guess I mean the the tough part is is like as a parent. I mean, right now I have my own. He's not in any sport at the moment he's crying right now you probably hear him <laughs> he's been crying all day <laughs> he's been crying all weekend he's a grumpy yeah, baby he's growing some teeth man he's not happy uh so he's like he went you know a seeing kid i would imagine i would do what's best for the team that's what i feel like you have to go to yeah. if you're going to be a coach you have to be what's best for the team even if your kid is there he is part of the team yeah. Therefore, you are doing the best for him because he is part of that team. Yeah. So if you're if you are the head coach, you don't start your kid if there's a better kid. Yeah. If your kid is, you know, the best kid on the team, you make sure that he's not taking every single rep on every single position yeah. because him being exhausted, the you know, in the second quarter, is not the best thing for the team. That's a football example, I guess. We're going to quarters halves. Yeah. If you're whatever. in your own soccer, yeah. whatever it may be. You have to make sure that you're doing what's best for the team, and that means not putting everything in your kid's basket because the reality of it is is if they are a good player in whatever sport they are, they will be found. So you don't need them yeah. to be on the pitch, on the court, on the field, or the every, ice every, every single, single second of the game. Exactly. Yeah. Or her. Because it's 2018. Or 100% <laughs> times my bad story. I'm thinking my son. Yeah, so. yeah. No, like, I'm busting your balls. Um, I think... At the end of the day, I think neither of us are really much of an authority on this because you're a new dad and I'm not a dad. I'm barely a responsible adult yeah. for my new dad. <laughs> um, but there is a great resource that I know of called Proactive Coaching on ah, Facebook. Yes. Um, so if, if you're out there listening to this and you're coaching your kid or you want to coach your kid, I would start there. They have a ton of great content. I have, I Every, everything they've ever put out has been helpful to me as a coach. Yeah, I've purchased um, a fair amount of their booklets. Uh, they're, yeah. you know, they're small reads. Some of them are meant to be given to the to the player uh they deal with a whole bunch of things like building trust or yeah you know uh how to be a leader from a player's perspective from a coach's perspective yeah and so I, th- I think anybody in the coaching field should look into that page specifically but if you're looking for information on coaching your own kid definitely reach out to them start there that'd yeah, be, that'd be, the, best that'd be the best to place start. to start yeah for sure, for sure. um okay something i want to bring up because I'm being, you know, this, the social media started to take off, especially Instagram. I've been, I've been told that I'm killing the content on there. I get a lot of positive feedback, which is awesome. You know, I'm glad I can provide value. Um, but I get a lot of people in the DMs asking me questions where the answers are very easily findable. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you, like I, need, I need you to do a little bit of research. I'm totally into answering questions. That's great. I'll yeah. answer any questions you have. What I won't do is answer the same question a thousand times. You know, so I need you to look through my IGTV. I need you to scroll through my feed for a minute. I need, you know what I mean? Put a little bit of work. Help yourself 
so that I can help you. Yeah, you know? 100%. And I feel like the little bit of problem solving is good for you as well. You know, take that time. If he didn't answer that question, then you have a great question. But take the time. Do well, the just, research. And, and think about how much higher quality answer you'll get when you know what your question is. When exactly. it's not just, hey, what's your method? You know what I mean? When your question is like, yo, I watched this video where you talked about dynamic effort work and the bar speed being 0.8 meters per second. And then you ask your question. Well, now, I, I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I can help. I can give you the exact answer you want or that you need, I should say. Not that you want, but that yeah. you need. Um, or I can be like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. That's not my specialty. That's not my area. You know what I mean? Instead of going back and forth for four days in DMs trying to decipher what it is you're trying to find out. Just do do a little bit of research. Put a little bit of effort in. You know what I mean? I'm totally open to helping, but you got to help yourself a little bit as well. You know? Yeah. That's, uh, just, that's just something that's been caught in my craw for for the better part of the week. I've been yeah. getting flooded with easily findable stuff, especially on IGTV. I've got, I've got to have close to an hour worth of free content on there, you know, of just <laughs> me babbling, which is far from exciting to watch. But, like, the answers to the questions are there. Yes. Yeah, so and I'm not going to give you a different answer. Not that maybe if the IGT video is five years old, I have a different answer now, <laughs> but they're not like they're all put out within this year. Like, I'm still on that. That you know, we've changed minor things, but nothing big has changed. So, do do a little bit of research and help yourself just a smidge. Yeah, help, help yourself so I can help you better. A hundred percent. I mean, if you take that time and you, you know, do a little bit of research through his IG, through maybe in another person, and come and be like, well. I was listening to this and come with that question, you'll find that you'll get an unbelievable answer that will blow your mind. Uh, but also, don't think that because you listen to some person who does online training and come over here and be like, my friend does online training, yeah. you still ain't getting it. No matter who you <laughs> yeah. are. You could, I, I couldn't even yeah. ask for online training. Motherfuckers like, keep asking. <laughs> I wouldn't train my mother online. <laughs> right? like, she's like, got to come to the gym if she wants to get that work. 100%. You know, like I'm not... I, I, so I got this question the other day and I summed it up in a way that in the moment I felt like that was like the cockiest, most arrogant way. What I said was like, I said, I put too much of myself in the programming to just give it away for free. It'd be like, like letting someone see a masterpiece before you finish it. Yeah. You know, which on the surface kind of seems like an arrogant thing to say about my programming. I'm not saying that I have the greatest programming of all time. I'm just saying to me, it's art and to me, it's my creation and to me, it's not complete until the workout is done. Like, I, that's when I had the finishing touches to the, the quote-unquote masterpiece that I created. You know what I mean? So for me to just give you that program before, that, to give you that piece of art that I created before it's finished for you to interpret is a fucking nightmare. Like, my, it makes my head want to explode just thinking about it. I don't want to give you that, you yeah. know? Like, I don't want to give you that to interpret. It's not yours. Yeah. It's not after I make it and I post it, now it's yours. Interpret it how you want and let's discuss. Yeah. But up until that moment, because there's a lot of times I'll program something and in the middle of doing it, I'm like, I don't like this. No, we're switching this for this, you know? Yeah. But I can't do that if you're not in the gym in front of my face doing the exercise. Yes. You know? Exactly. And that's so that's why it's not, I swear I'm not trying to be difficult. I just can't bring myself to do it mentally. My fucking head would explode. You and, know? And I, I feel like. Understand that passion. If you're listening to everything he's saying online and whatnot, do not, absolutely do not ask for online training. <laughs> like, just don't. Like, know that he wants you to be the best you can be, but online training is not where you're going to get it here. Yeah. But just come to the gym. Yeah. If you come to the gym, I promise you, you'll get great training. 
yeah. take care of you, but I'm not going to do it from halfway around the world. All right, let's wrap up. Hip-hop. Okay. What you listening to right now? What you rocking? Okay, I was uh, stumbling through the YouTubes, and uh, I went back to iTunes after that, and I stumbled onto Lil Wayne's uh, new album. I don't know why I haven't listened to it yet. I, I just, still haven't. I downloaded it. I haven't listened to it. I haven't even downloaded it yet. So I just was listening to the top chart thing, and then I flipped over to new music, and it went to uh, uh, the Kendrick Lamar song uh, he has featured on there, Mona Lisa. And... Wow. It's, Kendrick's on Lil Wayne's album? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Right? I was quite surprised on how much, number one, it sounded like like the Carter. Like, it's still in that that's universe that old school of sound. music. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, number one, I was like, ooh, like, I, there's that sound that I like. And then Kendrick comes in, and he's just like, it's just wild. It's weird. It's it's so good. It's Yeah. It, I, I'm going to have to listen to the album now because of that. Um Awesome. I haven't I haven't listened I like it's a monumental thing in hip hop for him to drop Carter 5. Yeah. But I've never listened to Wayne. And when Wayne was popular when he was coming up, I was big in hip hop when he was coming up and then when he became the biggest thing in the world yeah. was when I became sick of hip hop. And it's not in the moment I blamed it because I blamed it on him, but now I look back and I'm like, "Oh, it's not like I can see the talent and I can appreciate the talent now at the time." I was just a judgmental fucking 16-year-old, you know, I was like, this is commercial bullshit, you know, but it's, so I see the talent, but it's just, Lil Wayne was just never that big of a thing to me, Yeah. you know, like, if 50 Cent puts out an album, I'll listen to that right now, like, if you put it out now, I'm having finished an hour, you know, because I love 50, but Wayne was just not, I, he's talented, I like some of his shit, but I don't even, I don't know if I'm ever going to listen to Carter 5, I keep meaning to every day, but I never do. Yeah. I I've heard, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I mean, I think... The Carter, uh, what was it? I listened to the Carter 3 or whatever it was. It was 3. And it was, like, when I, like, my introduction to hip-hop was through the mainstream. Yeah. Like, I never, like, I never really listened to, like, underground hip-hop. Like, my, I grew up with my grandmother in a small town called Trail BC. Yeah. Like, white everywhere, white everything. I listened to, like, NSYNC and everything like that. Yep. Like, that's how I grew up. So, <laughs> when... Like that, when I finally got introduced to it, it was to the Kanye's, um, what was it, uh, like Kanye's like big first album. College Dropout. College Dropout. Yeah. And then I Classic. was, and then like Slowly But Surely it came up and then it was the Carter uh, 3 and I was like, wow, like this yeah. is, like I listened to like mainstream stuff I like at that point. And that was one of those ones that I found that it was a little deeper uh, like along with uh, Kanye's "Calls Dropout," then like some of the other like hop, yeah, like yeah, hot, yeah, hot, yeah. hip hop type music. And I'm trying was, to like, think of who would have been big at that. Time. I mean, Eminem was. Eminem. I, was, I listened to M as well. Like they were, like, but like to like to. But I, when I was listening to M, I couldn't buy the album. My grandmother won't let me yeah, buy it no. either. So like, I only heard like the stuff that was on the radio. So I only heard. The stuff that was like the, the pop side, the, the pop side, shady of it. stand yeah, up, you know, the yeah, yeah. stand up. Like okay. I heard all that. Yeah. So to me, like hip hop was was always so different. So now when I listen to it, it's crazy to hear like that old school with now the Kendrick Lamar, which is like this wild, deep, intricate lyricist yeah. to go with it. It's it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy it quite a lot. Isn't it weird that we're calling Lil Wayne old school? Yeah. That's <laughs> what a bizarre fucking world we live in now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been a while, though. <laughs> it has, but he's, he's got Lil he in his name. He started at 15. He's still got Lil in his name. <laughs> he shot himself in his apartment at, like, 15 years old. He was like, younger. He was, like, 10, wasn't he? I feel like he was, he was, like, I think he was, like, oh, he might have been younger. He might have been, like, 13 or something. Like, he was yeah. too young to even, but, no, like, yeah. He, that was when I started getting into metal, right around that age. When, when Wayne got big is when I started listening to metal. Oh, okay, yeah. And that's when that passion was born for me. But, I don't know. I'll get around to it, maybe. Okay. You know what I am listening to though is Vinny Paz's new album. Yeah, uh, the Pain Collector, fucking fire. It's a it's a welcome return to old form for Vinny. You know he's been experimenting with some new stuff. He quit drinking recently, which is great. You know all the power to him for that. Um, so he's but he's since he quit drinking, he writes every other day. So he has, just has endless material. Yeah. So he's been experimenting with different stuff, and it's been you know a lot of it was good. Some of it was okay. Um, the last album was I, I liked it, but there were a few songs where I could see he was outside of his his zone, the re- and the reason that I listened to him, and so I wasn't really feeling some of those songs. But this new this new one is is back to the classic Vinny, the, the stuff that I fell in love with. So if you're a, if you're an underground hip hop fan, you like real real lyrical hip hop and real brutal punch you in the face rap, get that new Pain Collector from from Vinny Paz for sure. There you go, there you go. An endorsement is always when it comes to being from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> okay. All right, Kev. That's, that's it for today. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. And uh, I'm glad uh, I got to, I've uh, got to put this out on my social media as well. You know, check it out. I'm uh, Dr. Dreadnought on Instagram. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm out there trying to. Hustle, Make some hustle. noise, so give him a follow. <laughs> you already follow me on everything. Exactly, right? <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next time, guys.